everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And I'm really glad we're not recording right after the football game. Instead, we're recording after some pretty good barbecue after staying a few days in Kansas City. Yeah, pretty good barbecue. Come visit Matt. You'll get barbecue. Well, I'm not going to pay for it, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, to wash away the pain of last Thursday's uh, loss to the Missouri Tigers. When you're so full, you can't think about anything else but the food in your yeah. stomach. I, there was no way we weren't going to start with the barbecue talk. What we probably should have started with was, if this sounds a little different, if all of our voices sound a little different than they usually do, it's because we're recording from Matt's kitchen table on one microphone set up for one person, but instead recording four. Yep, second ever GTPDD pod in person, right? After yeah, the, after post Marshall twenty nineteen. Oh God! How yeah, many, many, uh, we should really stop doing this. <laughs> How many people were there for that one? Just me and Matt, or me and I was uh, there. Yeah, yeah, you were there. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> you blocked it from your memory. But yeah. Speaking of things I'd like to get blocked from my memory, let's talk about this Missouri game. Oh God! Please no. Yeah, so what we'll do is similar to what we did last year. We'll go through a quick recap of the game. Uh, hopefully 60 seconds. We kind of went up to 90, then 120, then we stopped keeping track of how many seconds on the, the game recap last year. But then we'll talk about what was bad, what was good, what was surprising, and a few other things before we wrap it up and go on to talk about SFA in the next episode. But for now, let's do the 60-second Missouri game recap. Here we go. Both offenses take a while to get going as three of the first five drives by either team end quickly with punts. But Tech gets on the board first with a 33-yard field goal by Jacob Barnes. 3 nothing Bulldogs is the score at the end of the first quarter, but that doesn't last long. On the first play of quarter number two, Mizzou's Cody Schrader scampers in for six. On the next Tech drive, Downing's ball is tipped and returned for a touchdown. It took 35 seconds to go from 3 nothing Tech to 14-3 to Tigers. The next drive also ends in an interception as Downing doesn't see the linebacker who fakes a blitz. Luckily, Tech forces a fumble but can't do anything with the brief swing of momentum, going three and out, kicking a bad punt, and getting called for a face mask on the return. Missouri doesn't waste a short field, and six plays later, Luthen Burden third breaks three tackles in the backfield before taking it into the house, 21-3 Tigers. But just when it seems like the game is pretty much over, Downing finds Griffin Bear on a run-pass option for a 75-yard score, 21-10 Missouri. Missouri punts, Tech punts, Tech has a chance to make it an eight-point game before the half, but misses the field goal. Then Missouri easily moves down the field to hit their field goal to make it 24-10 going into the half. The Bulldogs stopped turning the ball over in the second half, but couldn't stop Mizzou from reaching the end zone. Four of Missouri's six second-half drives went for touchdowns. Meanwhile, four of Tech's six second-half touchdowns. Meanwhile, four of... Meanwhile, t- four of Tech's sec- <laughs> <laughs> One more, one more. Meanwhile, four of Tech's six second-half t- drives were punts. And so Missouri only expanded on their lead, turning a 14-point lead into a 28.1 by the end, going on to win 52-24. 90, 95 seconds. 90 yeah. seconds is the target. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go 90 you, seconds. You don't have the old-timey radio cadence that you know, really <laughs> knock this out. Oh, um, TLDR, we sucked. But we had some surprising moments, but we'll get to that. Yeah, and we can start with the bad first. We can talk about what was bad in this game, and there sure was a lot of it. It was the first game of the season, first game with a new head coach. I mean, we kind of expected there to be a lot of bad, but it still kind of sucked to, you know, see the bad out there on the field. Indeed it did. Yeah, I I guess I'll go first and stake my claim as uh, what was bad, the lack of running game. Um, (laughs) There was just absolutely no attempt, really, to establish a run 
And, you know, looking at the team stats at the end of the game, we had 11 rushing yards on 22 attempts. And sure, some of that was sacks. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly how, how many yards we lost sack-wise, but anytime you're averaging 0.5 yards per carry, uh, that's bad. So um, I think I said in my Bleed Tech Blue post before the game that we really would not have a chance to win this game if we did not establish a run. And I, I know Nathan and I were excited by their lack of run defense last season. Uh, Mizzou took that personally, I guess, and yeah. showed up to uh, to embarrass us. Regular and, podcast listeners, Missouri Tigers. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, it was bulletin board material for them in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> they just had a soundbite playing over the over the intercom, nonstop in their field house. And and yeah, I mean, eleven yards rushing by the end of the game. I think our leading our, our longest run of the game was something like eleven yards by Downing. Who ended with negative 13 total yes. yards. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, bad from this game. Yeah, my bad's on the other side of the ball on the defense, both missing, missing tackles and also just plain defending that SEC speed of Missouri. I felt like, and we'll get to this in a second when we talk about what's good, I felt like between the tackles our rush defense was good, but outside the tackles we were horrendous. Um, I think Bleed Tech Blue has somewhere up a, a how – different running plays, what they accomplished on each running play. And if they got off tackle, if they got in space, they, it. they were they were gone. <laughs> Forget it. So yeah. I we won't face another team outside of Clemson. I don't think that would be as fast as this SEC school that we just played. So I hope we don't see this again after a couple weeks from now. But it's still just kind of disheartening to see, okay, we're getting stops on fourth and short. and Multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Causing turnovers on downs and then just – couldn't Downings. do anything. Yeah, they're Downings, right. indeed. Yeah. Uh, first of all, how dare you disrespect FIU? They're just as fast as Mizzou. Um, yes. And, and yeah, I think the, the stat you mentioned was something like eight yards per carry outside the tackles for Missouri. Horrendous. And like three or three and a half or somewhere in that neighborhood for between the tackles. So pretty decent uh, between the tackles run defense. But anything outside, our, our linebackers were not fast. Well, There's there a lot of... Terrible broken tackles, you know. There's yeah. no consistency of wrapping up and taking people down yeah. once they got to the second level. It was, yeah. I mean, I, Luther Bird must have had you know two touchdowns off of just broken up. You yeah. know, I think he had three touchdowns total. Yeah, Luther Burden had two touchdowns, uh, one receiving, one rushing. So, uh, well, it felt a lot worse. Seventeen broken. Ta- I don't know how many broken <laughs> tackles he had, but there were a lot. It was um, three on one play at one point. Yeah, yeah. sixty-nine broken. I mean, tackles. right in front of us. Yeah, well, we that was fun. Talk about the offense. Talk about the defense. But my God, oh, no. the punting. Oof. The punting is so bad. Yeah. Uh, our good friends, haha, at uh, BBB commented that they were at high school games where the punters were averaging more yards than our punters. Uh, it was very frustrating. I don't know how you get this far into camp or, or the season. Well, I mean, it's just the first game, but you know what I mean. You know, we already had camp and everything. and. Just to have that bad of a punting performance. And didn't we switch punters in the yeah, game? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we went from, I mean, both punters averaged 35 yards a punt. <laughs> That's Essentially, you know, it's horrible. The longest punt for both of them were 39 and 40. Yeah, meanwhile, Missouri's punter as long was 56. That's, yeah, that's that's no unacceptable. Touchback. We need to... We need to clean that up. There's no touchbacks. Nothing inside the 20 from our punters. It's just... Well, I looked over to one of you during the game and said, if we can't punt better, we're going to lose field position constantly, and it's going to be yeah. a short field. 
for Mizzou, and they're going to score over and over and over again. And well, <laughs> you said that's a part of the game you hate the field yeah. position one, but it, we really didn't even get to play that game. No, not really. About did you have something? You guys kind of summed it up pretty well. I guess I can just expound on it by saying that it was a lot worse to see in person than it could have ever been on radio or television. Um, Does Iowa have a backup punter we can take? I feel like they'd be <laughs> pretty good. The punting was really, really bad. Um, the thing that most frustrated me was the missed tackles. Um, it's one thing to it's one thing to whiff on a tackle. It's another to make really good contact and just not have the ability to bring someone down or at least hinder their movement forward uh, to get gang tackles at least. So that's the part I really didn't like the least and would say was the worst was the uh, the missed tackles. And yeah. the broken tackles. And that's that's especially frustrating because you can tell, like, okay, the defensive scheme is working. We, we were prepared. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you know, he slips through your arms as you're, as you're hitting him in the backfield and picks up 10 for a first down on third and seven, right? It's like. Yeah. It, it didn't feel like they had, we had as many defensive breakdowns leading to huge chunk plays as much as, you know. No, but they didn't. I mean, we had, <laughs> I guess we can transition into what was good. Yeah. But, uh we had more chunk plays than they did for sure. I mean, they were just, they were just kind of picking us apart with precision and taking advantage of our mistakes. Um, and that's it, what we kind of saw going into the game was that we expected them to have short passing game and, and it wasn't a downfield threat and we didn't give up the long ball at all in yeah. this game. They didn't really try it very often either, but when they did, it didn't work out too well for them. So I mean, they gave us exactly what we expected and we just still weren't able to handle that. I'd like to snake draft this and talk about the good myself. Um, what was good? The receivers are pretty good for well, the most part. Okay. So we already skipped over the bad, but just to kind of add a little coda to that, um, there was a lot of, not I guess not a lot, but there were several instances where our receivers were dropping passes that I consider to be fairly simplistic to catch. Uh, Trey Harris did. Um, I'm pretty sure Smoke dropped one or two. But Trey Harris was one that really sticks out that was super disappointing. But for for the good, uh, Cyrus Allen. Cyrus uh, Allen. Was yeah. fairly fairly incredible. Had a end of the night with two touchdown catches and a couple of other snags that were pretty ridiculous. Um, but he was Tech's leading receiver. Five receptions, 121 yards, averaging 24 yards per catch. Had two touchdowns along of 64 um, one of those wasn't gar- one of those wasn't garbage time, yeah. but the other one definitely was not. Um, so that's, yeah, he, that's he had I, maybe all five of his catches were from Parker McNeil after I he think came so. in. McNeil so. came in with the ones in the third quarter, um, so it wasn't like McNeil just came in at the end when when we had you know put in twos and given up. So I think Cyrus Allen definitely um, earned a spot to start. Or at least get a lot more reps next next week, especially against yeah, SFA. For sure. Uh, I mean, I, I really did like the tempo of the offense. It was a, it was a nice change of pace. Some of the play calls weren't my favorite. You know, there was a, the occasional bubble screen that I would be very happy to never see again in my entire life. But I, I get why they're done. It's just you know we're, we're building a tempo. We're build, we're trying to get people. It seems east west, and you know, get some space between them and their uh, defenders more than. You know, going downfield, but when we do have the downfield, I mean, all those downfield throws were pretty great. That's where Griffin scored. That's where Cyrus Allen scored. There was when when we got those plays going, we got that offense moving. It looked good. It's just it'll take a few games to get into that good rhythm, I guess. Yeah, and I would say too that 
Um, as far as like why the bubble screens didn't work as well, I mean, you are playing an SEC caliber defense that has legitimate NFL talent at corner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you could argue that should be schemed around, but I'm not afraid that short passing game isn't going to work next week and against South Alabama and against, you know, UTEP, right? Like, I think that Mizzou has the second best defense we'll face all year. So I'm not really reading too much into that as much, but um, so what was, what was your positive, the scheme, the scheme, the tempo, the way, the, you know, the speed of the offense, it wasn't, you know, there were times when we were running a play by the time we had talked to each other about the previous play. They were were moving and not, you know, huddle set, you know, couple, it's, there was obviously scripted drives, you know, First drive out of each half, you know, it's of course, but you said there's a lot more scripted and like go quick, go to do this, do this, do this. And, you know, of course, that might be first game, you know, hey, let's treat it as like a live practice, get into the rhythm. But, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I know we all have PTSH, post traumatic skip halts, but <laughs> with the bubble screens, among other things, bars. Um, <laughs> another positive I want to throw out there is just seeing how animated and excitable the, the, the sideline was. I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about the coaches. Uh, Cumbie was really, really animated coming out of the gate. Uh, he paces up and down the sideline a lot. He likes to do this thing where he, right before, right after he gives the quarterback the play, he goes behind the defense and it's, I guess he's looking to see if it's going to be a good or bad play, even though if it's a bad play, there's nothing he can do. Cause I think that <laughs> it's too late. I think the quarterbacks didn't have headphones in their helmets, but there's a lot more excitement on the sideline. And I like that. Talking about Cumby, you know, it was nice to see that it, it didn't feel like we were settling for any field goals. And like at that game, we weren't just, you know, settling for a long field goal, just to put some points on the board. We were taking shots, trying to get in, you know, I, I think we kicked. Did we go on fourth at all in this game? Uh, no, no, no fourth down conversions. But I don't remember a, a scenario where I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, yeah." And, I, and that could just be a feel thing and preference for coming at this point. But it didn't feel like we were just like, "Oh, just take the long field goal." You know, we end up losing you know nine to fifty two instead. But you know, <laughs> we we play we played to the end. It, it was yeah. it was nice to not just resign ourselves to. I oh, just put some points on the board. You know, whatever. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to I'm going to jump on what you chose as well, Josh. You you mentioned the speed. I thought the offensive scheme looks very good. Now the execution's not necessarily there yet. Um and I'll give you two examples of what I what I mean. So a bad example of the scheme not working out, not being executed well uh was Downing's interception that he threw straight to a linebacker. From my understanding, the way our offense works is the quarterback and the wide receivers make pre-snap reads of the defense. One of uh, Mizzou's linebackers was showing blitz. So downing reads, okay, this linebacker's blitzing, so there will be a spot for me to throw the ball to whichever wide, you know, the the uh, right side, uh, the strong side slot receiver. Um, unfortunately, the linebacker drops back in coverage and and downing literally threw it straight to him. Uh, I think that was the pick six, right? Yeah. Um, So the scheme was not necessarily to blame for that. It was that Downing did not make the correct read. It wasn't executed correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, But then another example was the read pass option, the 75-yard touchdown to Griffin Hebert in the second quarter. Uh, Nathan, you mentioned earlier that that was about the point when – the game felt over to us, honestly. It was 21-3. All of a sudden, you yep. know, snap of a finger, it's 21-3. And then 
the safety bit on the pet on the run option, you know, just completely fell for it. And Griffin Abear was just running a slant across the you know across the middle of the field. There's no help over the top. So as long as Griffin Abear catches the ball in stride, it's a touchdown every time. Mm-hmm. And so that's a scheme thing. That's yeah. hey, let's trick that safety into coming up for the run. And if it works, we got a touch a 75-yard touchdown right to Griffin Abear, right? Yep. And that worked. They made the correct read. And so that that just kind of shows you what this scheme can do when it is executed perfectly. And I thought that, you know, throughout the game we didn't necessarily see it executed the whole time and several plays either didn't work because Matt, you mentioned some drops earlier that we had. But yeah. I think there were some very encouraging things, very uh, good signs for later in the season once we've had more time and when we're playing, you know, not professional level uh, cornerbacks who will, you know, who will be in the NFL within the next three years, I think. So that that's my good is just the scheme seems to lend itself to working better against our normal competition. Yeah, from what I remember hearing about like the kind of offense Cumbie likes to run, it's like it's easy to teach in principle. Like you see this, you do this, but it's hard to get a real grip on it and mastery of it in game situations and know to make the last second adjustment or, you know, to make your pre-snap reads and then go be ready to go and have that, you know, second hesitation. Yeah. Like, Oh, the linebacker did drop back into coverage. I got to go now to the, ne- the yeah. next level of, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot, it's complex, you know, also a, just little things like not staring down the receiver. Cause maybe the linebacker was on a blitz option and saw, Oh, he's staring down my guy. I better, you know, mm-hmm. I better not blitz, but but yeah, I thought it was just that's an interesting thing because it's the first game of a new offensive system. So to, to take that in was pretty cool. And I, mm-hmm. I saw flashes of it working very well. Yeah, I won't spend too long on my what was good because I already kind of mentioned it in my what was bad. But the run stopping between the tackles really impressed me, um, especially that, that fourth down stop. I, that's not something that you expect a Conference USA team to be able to do to an SEC school. Even like, hey, we're going to run the ball at the gut. You better stop us. And we did. So I'm very happy with that. So I'll go ahead and just move on. Our last little category here is what was surprising about this game. My biggest surprise, and I think we knew a little bit about this from uh, from camp reports and things like that, but the fact that the kickoffs were out the back of the end zone or at least a couple yards deep was amazing to see. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think did they return a single. I don't think they kick? did. We didn't. They, they had one. They had one that did not go to the end zone, but every single other kick they returned one yep. kick for 23 yards. Yeah, I mean the like. Whole night. I get the whole philosophy about, you know, kicking inside and yeah. like letting them run in. Guys, we don't have the talent it's on special execution. Team yeah, to yeah. like hit, like to tackle these returners at the 15, at the 10. Right. Like, yeah, I'm much happier seeing touchbacks and yeah. make them start at what, the 25? 20? Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. analytics says that if you can make them start behind the 25, the chances that they score points or the points per drive goes down, right? Yeah. Problem is, Every yard you get past the 25, it goes up a lot, right? If you start at the 30, it may be 0.3. I don't know the actual number, so I won't speculate. But it goes up significantly every five yards you get past the 25. So it's kind of, you know, yes, amazing to see that we actually have the talent at kicker to do that. My, My surprise, I guess, was just how bad the defense was overall. I mean... 550 yards to Mizzou is not something we were expecting. Yeah. Uh, so I know that's kind of a bad thing as well, but I was surprised by that. Mm-hmm. But but I think surprise could be good or yeah. bad, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was I was not expecting that. And there were some good performances defensively. I think B.J. Williamson was good. We didn't allow anything over the top, but just the – just especially in the second half – 
just soft spots in our zone where somebody just clearly wasn't in the right spot. I, I was surprised by that. I thought the defense was going to immediately be a lot better, and that was one of the worst performances. Uh, it, it mixed with last year, that would have fit right in with some of our worst performances, I think. Yeah. We said kickoffs. Punting was surprisingly bad, but we've already... I was going to say that, but then you took it earlier. <laughs> yeah, punting is surprisingly bad. Uh, something that surprised me. Uh, the offensive line only giving up, uh, I think it was two or three sacks, I thought was pretty surprising. I'm not sure how many we gave up last year. Our average our average gave up per game. But I thought the offensive line did pretty well. Uh, a couple of balls got batted that were interceptions, but I'm not going to blame the offensive line for that. So I would have to say the offensive line did pretty well. I like Dakota White a lot on the left, even though I think he got called for holding once and then a personal foul <laughs> another time. Yeah. So, but he didn't have the best game, I don't think. But no, but I I like him a lot. I think the offensive line is pretty strong. Uh, I will say I thought something else that was surprising was Trey Harris dropping the ball several times. I thought he was a much better wide receiver than that. But we had heard from uh, a couple of people that were at the spring game and fall practices that it's actually fairly common for some of these receivers to drop the ball. Uh, but to see it during the game was pretty surprising. So I'll, I'll say. Uh, the offensive line surprising in a good way. The drop passes really bad in a bad way. I think for me, I'd say the surprising thing, and it's both good and bad, is the run game. I guess bad, why, like, we didn't really attempt to establish it at all, you know, which I understand. You want, you want the way you're running your offense, you want to throw a lot of quick passes and, you know, get it out and get it to your receivers, who are typically your faster players going mm-hmm. against some of these linebackers or something. But, I mean, honestly, it seemed like Gardner – was getting nothing going. My biggest around. complaint about that is that I felt like I only saw Greg Gardner like the first two series and then I never saw him four, again. Yeah, four yeah. series. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, that sucked really bad. But also, even though it is supposed to be this run and gun type offense, where was the run? Yeah. I mean, really, I, when Sonny Dykes uh, was head coach, Kenneth Dixon had 1,400 rushing yards his freshman year. Yeah. And Colby Cameron still put up ludicrous numbers. So. I, this also isn't yeah. 2012. Though. It's not, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, it's more a, 2013 than 2012. It's probably, a, probably. It's a running gun, not a gun, gun, gun. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. It was. I hope that we get that cleaned up and start running a little bit more. For a good I think surprise. it also had a lot to do with the level of competition, right? We tried. We ran the ball 22 times, but for 0.5 yards per yeah. game, right? So. How much more – I mean, if we ran it 30 times, would that be better if it was 0.6? I, I don't know, yes. right? I mean, playing yeah. an SEC team is hard, it but was. it's hard with a new coach and new – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but what the – I still – I need answers for why Greg Gardner only had four carries. Yeah. He was a starting running back. I mean, did he tweak something? I don't know. That's possible. I don't know. Four carries for six yards was Garner's uh, final stat line with a long of five. <laughs> so, oh, well, that's good. So, three carries for one yard. That's great. Hey, good um, surprise for running game, though. No delayed handoff, especially out of the end zone. To be fair, he wasn't the starter last year. That was Marcus Williams Jr. Right. He was kind of the presumed starter this yeah. year, but he hyped he, him up. He, <laughs> and, but he was in the starting lineup, though. He was announced as a starting running back. Mm-hmm. And only get four carries. He either got hurt or Cumbie saw so much negativity in the four runs he had that he was like, you know what, you're done. And I don't think that's the reason. Yeah, so next up, player of the game. Um, I think we can kind of all unanimously pick Cyrus Allen, but if yeah. anyone else um, wants to pick someone else. Well, I, pick, I picked uh, Griffin Armstrong, uh, which we're going to have to have our own separate episode for that kid's story. But uh, he's our new long snapper. 
has a pretty incredible background yeah. to how he ended up at Tech. Not going to go into that now, but uh, he played flawlessly. Had kind of an iffy snap on the really long field goal by Jacob Barnes for the end of the half. Other than that, flawless. Uh, if I'm being realistic, though, I think we would all say Cyrus Allen. Uh, no, I got, I got I got somebody different, I guess, in a weird way. Well, Cyrus Allen was incredible. I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of already glossed over that. But uh, who else do you guys got? I'm going to go with actually Parker McNeil in a way, and not oh, because that's of that's all right. You know, when you bring a backup in, especially when the game's kind of well out of hand, or you know, you're not gonna, like honestly, it's the way we brought backups, they they were kind of dog shit. <laughs> they weren't very good. They'd go out and. Kind you know, of. probably throw a pick on one drive, and then the rest of the drives would be you know, you know, run, run, pass, punt, you know, three yeah. and out kind of. But Parker came in; they gave him the full offense. It felt like, and he was throwing the ball downfield, chucking it, and gave us two exciting moments with Cyrus Allen. So, you know, nice to see. Played like he was trying to get that starting job back, and who knows if he actually did enough yet? Well, we'll have to see. I know there's some people clamoring for him to be the starting quarterback next week, even though he was mostly playing against the twos from Mizzou by the time he came in. We want Parker. But, I mean, yeah, we're probably in another one of those situations. Maybe maybe Downing can do a... Ryan Higgins? Yeah, pull Ryan Higgins and just completely turn it out for I, the rest of the year. I don't think so. We'll see. I mean, Downing apparently won, and maybe we talk about this more on our next episode, but yeah. Downing won the job in camp. And that's for a reason, right? That's mm-hmm. because he looked better in camp. Now, playing against SFA this week, do you want to see what Downing does against sort of inferior competition to Mizzou? Or do you just say, we're riding with that second half performance? You know, Because McNeil did look good even when Mizzou still had ones out there. So uh, I think, but, you know, the sample size is a lot smaller. Seven for 11, 142 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Downing 20 for 35 and 194 yards and one touchdown, three picks. So. Yeah, but when we watched Downing, I felt like I was watching someone who had never played the quarterback position before in front of more than 10 people, uh, which he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he looked really, really – there's no such word as incompetent. Uh, I have to create a new word for this. Nervous. <laughs> he looked incompetent. <laughs> he was definitely lacking a lot of confidence when he played, and that could be because he had a pick six pretty early on or – he was just nervous, I guess, which isn't great. But I'm not in favor of him uh, missing out on a start against SFA. McNeil or Downing? I don't. It's it's way too early to say Downing shouldn't start against SFA. He should yeah. start against SFA. If he comes out and looks like prime Dan Marino, then sure, yeah, <laughs> let him keep it. But if he comes out and struggles against SFA, I think Houston, we got a problem. I mean, we got two more. T- we got a test against a. a- so-called inferior opponent, and then we got mm-hmm. Clemson. You know, like... Yeah. Well, the sample size isn't great, yeah. and then you have well, USA after that. So. I'm pretty sure by the end of the USA game, we'll, we'll know who we want. I hope. God. I don't think that it's going to reach a point where we're going to have to clamor for Liddy to come in, but... Uh, <laughs> Some people may already be doing that. I don't know, but uh, I'm going to give my player of the game to the new cornerback, uh, and maybe this is cheating because he's my, my pick for MVP of the year, but... Uh, Miles Brooks, he had uh, one pass breakup on a long pass attempt. I don't know if you guys remember it, but he laid yeah, out and, yeah, and yeah. tipped mm-hmm. the ball away. And that's against uh, that five-star kid. Yeah, Luther. very, very very good defense on that specific play. Also, I don't recall him giving up any uh, – he doesn't show up in the stat sheet for tackles or anything but like that. But that's not a bad thing necessarily. Which, which suggests that he did not 
give up any catches and need to make a tackle. Well, my thing that I remember from him, it was that fourth drive of the game, Missouri second, and that's where he got that pass break up on that <laughs> third down play. But the play before that, there was a wildcat run where he gave up the edge and allowed them to score a few, or sorry, not score a few points, <laughs> gain a few yards. And he kind of, he was complaining mm-hmm. the sideline, kind of like, that's my bad. Like, and everything in the next play coming out and yeah. breaking up a pass shows emotional uh, maturity. Maturity, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. Leadership. To be able to come right. back and say, hey, look, I got this one. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he does for the rest of the year. Yeah, and I, I think Willie Roberts played well as well. Some of the uh, second and third uh, cornerbacks played well um, also. So excited to see that group. Um, again, especially without a five-star, you know, person who was considered the best wide receiver in the nation yeah. <laughs> uh, coming into uh, last year's recruiting class. So, um, yeah, but Cyrus Allen also was the surprise of the game, I would say. Um, yeah, no. Cyrus is pretty uh, ridiculous when he got his opportunities. And he wasn't a starter for us. I'm not sure how far on the depth chart he is, but... Yeah, he's I, I, is he's he one a, of the twos at outside receiver, I think. And is he a Richard sophomore? He's listed as a freshman. Okay, I think well, he's a true freshman. He might be a true freshman. My lord, I know he's. A, I know he's in. Class of twenty twenty one. So yeah. So no, no, no he's his second yeah. year. Well, anyway, he uh, was fairly tremendous when he got opportunities, and yeah, some of that was against the twos. Well, most of it was, but I don't really think that matters because to make the catches he made. They were pretty difficult catches. It doesn't matter who it is. He was draped in coverage yeah, I mean, and still made the catch. He had a catch on the sideline, I think, where it was like, oh, shit, okay, this yeah. kid can play, you know? Yeah. And that was in garbage time probably, but still, I mean, you're out there making a play that you would have to make, whether it's the first play of the game or the last play of the game, you know? It's it's like a tough catch. you got to drag your foot in. So, yeah, I think the kids got it for yeah. sure. All right, one last thing. Our final thoughts, did Tech go and did Tech die? I don't know. We've kind of talked a while for a bit about different things, but do we have anything else we want to wrap up with? We're excited, man. First game of the season. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it happened and it's over. Tech? It's like, I think you Tech know. did go. Tech did go because there's. I think there are a lot of positives to take away. It's not like we got blanked. We didn't get shut yeah. out. We didn't, yeah. I mean, 28 points is... That is a blowout, but it's not not a not a panther. Mizzou yeah. covered, which is not great, but yeah. not like when Mississippi State held us to three all those years ago. Yeah, it's oh. not a not a pantsing or anything like that. So we went, we just died. I mean, if I think if I had said before the game, "Hey guys, we're gonna lose, but we'll score twenty four points," like I and not knowing anything about the new offense, I think I would have been happy with that. But I mean, not happy with losing, but you know. Uh, I think the best way to phrase it is that Tech went, but I don't know. I don't feel like they died either. But it, it just Tech went and got a flat tire on the way there. <laughs> it never felt like it. Like as soon as they went up twenty-one-three, it never really felt like we were back in the game. Even after Griffin Abair's long touchdown, I I remember telling you guys during the game like I wish we could have a sustained drive. Mm that led to points and the, the field goal did, but like two of our three touchdowns were long passes. If I remember correctly, yes. uh, the third one was in garbage time, which was a drive, but uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's hard to say we died when I think there's a lot to look forward to. And I didn't have high expectations going in. So I, I don't know. 
we're unhealthy. I, I was about to say, <laughs> we for, for us, Tech went and Tech could not die because we were still <laughs> yeah. in the morgue from last season. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. So there's we, a heartbeat. We're, we're, we're going to get resurrected soon? Question mark? <laughs> Maybe? Yeah, I think we went and died. I think that we showed up early enough. We played. We got three nothing. I think the first quarter can't really complain about that too much, even with Mizzou knocking on the door already at that point. But yeah, Missouri, a twenty-four point second quarter. That's death. That's and, and without coming back, making this any closer of a game, it's an expected death. You expect uh, uh, <laughs> MMA fights between a child and a professional <laughs> fighter, you expect the child to die. So, I mean, that's exactly what happened here. Yeah. I would... No, I can't legally say I would pay to watch it. You know what? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. oh, one other thing I wanted to mention on this episode is uh, shout out to all the people who, who saw us at the game, um, you know, or before the game at the brewery. Matt, you mentioned we talked to... To uh, well, maybe you didn't mention we talked to his family, but we talked to some parents of players, uh, and you know, just shouts out to y'all for supporting us and our dumb opinions and podcast, and we just want to support the team and also use group therapy as a means to stay sane <laughs> throughout yeah. our tech fandom. So, yeah. uh, shout out to y'all. Um, shout out to the Mizzou fans I ran into well. <laughs> on the way back from the game, walking to my car. They invited me out to the bar. Sums it up pretty well. Yeah. yeah, honestly, I, I got glared at by like a nine-year-old girl, but that was the only like, I've been, I've been in way more hostile stadium situations. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Boys on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can read some of our articles we've published over the past few weeks. You can do things like the contest that hasn't been graded yet, or the fantasy football thing that also hasn't been graded yet. Or you can head to the shop, gtpdd.dog shop, where you can get the September shirt of the month. It's a Spirit of 88 shirt that I'm pretty proud of and you should get. That's gtpdd.dog shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And go tech. Please don't die. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And this week, Tech died. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>